Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 675. Yes, it's been said there's no place like Cape May, New Jersey, for springtime birding, and there's no other place at all where you can find. New Jersey Audubon's Cape May Spring Festival happening this year, beginning on May 17th and through the weekend. We'll find out what makes Cape May such a special place, and we'll hear about the festival from New Jersey Audubon's Dale Rossellette right here on this morning's show. Yesterday, May 5th, was Cornell Lab's Global Big Day, a 24-hour worldwide birding event. Tens of thousands of people out observing and tallying bird sightings and trying to top last year's record in which 65% of all bird species in the world were seen on that one day, and teams trying to best the current record for a single big-day team of 431 species set by a team in Ecuador. Latest results this morning include the fact that a total of 6,316 species have been reported through Nearly 52,000 checklists generated by more than 21,000 participants all over the world. Leading the way, teams from Colombia with 1,152 species counted, followed pretty closely by Peru, Brazil, Ecuador, and the United States in the 2018 Global Big Day of Birding. Let me tell you about the birds well, we heard a lot of uh, bad news about bees in the past several years, especially in connection with widespread bee losses to what's called colony collapse disorder. The plummeting numbers of these vital pollinators has been blamed in part on the widespread use of pesticides. Now some good news comes from across the Atlantic where the European Commission has voted to ban the world's most widely used insecticides from all fields due to the serious danger they pose to bees. The ban on the use of neonicotinoids except in closed greenhouses was approved by EU member nations and is expected to go into effect by the end of this year. Will something like that happen in the U.S.? Lots of us are kind of hoping so. With kind of a noisy background, that is the sound of our mystery bird. What we have here is a mystery bird preview of the contest, which will be coming along a little bit later in the show. So we'll give you some clues, and you heard the sound of the bird. So you'll be ready to call in a bit later on our show. You'd pretty much have to be in South Texas to see today's mystery bird. It's a large, conspicuous, and noisy fellow found near large bodies of water, usually in heavily wooded areas where it hunts from high perches. 
ready to plunge headfirst into the water to capture fish. The color of our bird ranges from deep blue to bluish gray with white markings, a shaggy crest, a broad white collar around the neck, and a rust-colored belly. We have a big batch of prizes from Droll Yankees in Audubon Park and the Larkwire app on our Mystery Bird Contest um, right here this morning. Extra, extra, read all about it. Right now, some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. A radar display presents a dramatic picture of a stream of migrating birds heading north through the American Midwest. And folks in Wisconsin seem to think they're all heading to their state. We have the story and the radar display on our Facebook page. Mike O'Connor presents All Things Pelican in another of his Ask the Bird Folks newspaper columns. You'll like it and we'll link you to it. And also on our page right now, you'll find the newest installment of our Talking Birds newsletter, The Trumpeter, ready for the reading. It's uh, free and you can subscribe to the newsletter for free on our page or on our website. And that is TalkingBirds.com. Meanwhile, we would like to say a sincere and grateful thank you to some more Talking Birds ambassadors signing up this week to spread the word about uh, birds and conservation and Talking Birds. Thank you to Emily Rains from Tallahassee, Florida. She says, I'm a fairly new birder and I love listening to Talking Birds. I listen on my way to work while I'm out for a walk and even while cleaning around my house. Your show is a fun and interesting way to keep up with what's happening with birds and learn more about helping with conservation efforts. And Emily also requested a patch along with those cards, one of our Talking Birds patches. So we will be sending one out to Emily. If you're new to the show, uh, you may not know we did a little contest recently with our Talking Birds patches. We called it our Make Your Own Swag contest. And folks ironed on their patches or sewed them to hats and shirts and uh, backpacks and such. But uh, happy to know that we're still getting uh, requests for our patches. So just send us an email request if you'd like one to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. Thanks to a listener from Springfield, Oregon, there in the southern Willamette Valley, who wishes to remain anonymous for on-air purposes, but we know who she is, and we'll be sending her some cards. Thank you to Marsha Toey. There is a bird name, if there ever was one. A little different spelling, but she's in Acton, Massachusetts. She's a fan of our podcast, she says, and as a native of Chatham, also a big fan of the Birdwatcher's General Store, Marsha says she's now a happy part-time employee at Mass Audubon's Drumlin Farm. That is a wonderful place. She says we love our wild bird ambassadors, especially our vultures. Nice to get a word for vultures once in a while. And thank you to Larry from North Ridgeville, Ohio. We just heard from Larry, I think it was last night, uh, signing up to our Ambassadors program. Thank you, Larry. So Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our new Springfield, Oregon ambassador and Marsha and Emily and Larry in our Talking Birds Ambassadors program by which you could hand out some of our info cards to your friends and associates and neighbors to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and um, click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador 
option. Still to come on our show today, we talk with New Jersey Audubon Vice President Dale Rossellette about that legendary birding area, Cape May, New Jersey, and about the upcoming Cape May Spring Festival. Plus, we'll catch up with our man, Mike O'Connor, and hear about a bird that seemed determined to become an uninvited house guest. And up next, a bird that we were thrilled to hear singing right in the middle of the city of Boston just yesterday morning is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. Well, all right, raise your hand if you've already figured out that our featured feathered friend today is the Carolina Wren, a bird that, maybe like your mother-in-law, is very small but very loud. In fact, when you first hear the Carolina Wren and then see it, you'll find it hard to believe that this tiny bird can make that big sound. It's as if he were wearing a wireless mic hooked up to an amplified speaker system up there in the trees. And they sing a lot. One captive Carolina wren was measured as singing nearly 3,000 times in one day. You'll find the Carolina wren year-round in pretty much the entire eastern half of the U.S. Look for a small, buff-colored songbird with a white throat, chin, and eye stripe, and rusty-colored wings and tail with dark striping, and that characteristic wren habit of holding the tail toward the vertical. It's believed that gradually increasing temperatures over the last century may explain why the Carolina wren has expanded as far northward as it has. Maybe not surprisingly, in cold winters, the population in the north drops pretty dramatically. Now for that Carolina wren song, performed only by the male, by the way, and representing one of the loudest songs per volume of any bird. Carolina Wren, today's Talking Birds, featured feathered friend. Thanks again for being with us on our show, number 675. And the always familiar reminder, visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. No G in Talking. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Talking Birds. Dale Rossellette is Vice President for Education at New Jersey Audubon, and she is here to join us right now to tell us about an amazing place called Cape May and New Jersey Audubon's upcoming Cape May Spring Festival. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing today? Uh, doing well. You're doing even better with a uh, yellow-billed cuckoo in the backyard this morning. Absolutely. It's a great way to wake up. Migration is in, uh, migration is in full swing here in Cape May County, so it's, yes. it's really great. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, the Spring Birding Festival coming along very shortly, and certainly ask you about that. But I thought I'd just ask to start with uh, Dale. What is uh, so special about Cape May? Why is it so famous as a birding destination? Thanks, Ray. So, um, Cape May County, um, if those of you who are on uh, the, the call have, don't know about it, we are at the southern tip of New Jersey, 
and uh, it's a peninsula that sort of sticks out into the Atlantic Ocean and Delaware Bay. So um, it is a natural funnel for birds. And um, pretty much every day of the year, you're going to get something fun to watch. Uh, and especially in the fall and in the spring, like we are right now, um, birds are migrating through, and uh, there's always something fun to see. Um, so I got home from a trip uh, last week, and I went out in the yard, and my <laughs> apple tree was blooming, and there were 10 Orioles in my apple tree. Oh, my gosh. Rub it in, <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> well, wow. I mean, that's what, that's what makes Cape May County so special, and is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've got lots of great habitats. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, songbirds moving through. We have mm-hmm. shorebirds that are here on their way to their Arctic breeding grounds. Um, there's seabirds to watch, so um, it's not just one type of bird. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different species here. Well, uh, one of those shorebirds you mentioned that's very famous in, in association with, with that area and Delaware Bay is the red knot. And, uh, of course, uh, all the threats to the red knot, including the uh, disappearance of horseshoe crab eggs harvested uh, for fishing, I guess, and for scientific use and so on, and, and other shorebirds affected by that, too. What's the? Can you give us a quick status update on all that? Sure. Um, some of your listeners may have read an article in the New York Times, I think it was last week, about um, you know the global threats to shorebirds. And I would say that red knots and then the birds that New Jersey Audubon does uh, research on, semi-palmated sandpipers, are not immune to that. Mm-hmm. So according to some of the biologists that I, that I talked with just recently, um, you know, red knot numbers were down on the wintering grounds, um, one of the lowest ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of that's probably likely to the fact that there was a poor uh, horseshoe crab um, spawning season last year. Mm. So that means the birds that were leaving Delaware Bay were not as fat, as chunky as they should be, um, which means that they might have not been as successful on the breeding grounds. Mm. So this year we're, we're gearing up for it. Um, you know, people come in from all over the world to, uh, to study these shorebirds. So we're looking forward to hopefully having a better horseshoe crab spawning, and obviously um, better numbers of shorebirds. Mm-hmm. So the Cape May Spring Festival, uh, Dale, beginning, I believe, on the Thursday, the 17th. Uh, give us a little overview of that, yeah. if you would. Yeah. yeah, we're very excited about this. This is the second big event that we have going um, for New Jersey Audubon. We have our annual World Series of Birding next week, and then the, the 41st annual Cape May Spring Festival mm-hmm. starts on the 17th. It's a Thursday. We have our big kickoff party. Uh, with live music, and then uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there are just dozens and dozens of um, programs, field trips. Uh, we have uh, back bay boat trips. We have a small pelagic trip out into the Delaware Bay to look for seabirds. Um, there's lots of indoor programs to learn about, you know, the finer points of identifying warblers and shorebirds. Um, there's specialty trips. Uh, which uh, feature, I would say, some of the best leaders in the country, um, Pete Dunn, Kevin Carlson, David LaPuma, Mark Garland, uh, and, of course, one of our keynote speakers, John Kreitcher from Massachusetts fame up there. Indeed. John was here in the studio with us just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm sure he'll be a wonderful uh, keynote speaker. Um, so, Dale, for folks who uh, would like to attend, there's still quite a bit of time before it starts. I think New Jersey, or excuse me, org would be the 
website to find out more information and can people find out about even accommodations and stuff there? Absolutely. So that if you go to njaudubon.org, um, the first thing you're going to see is the Spring Festival information. And there's a couple of tabs there. One's a register tab, but one's an info tab. Um, and it gives a lineup of all the programs, all the field trips. It gives uh, possibilities for where you can stay. Cape May is a beautiful historic town where there's lots of B&Bs and hotels and restaurants. So even if you're just coming here to go birding, you want to make sure you put a day on the beginning or a day on the end and uh, do a little exploring around this lovely uh, little town and area. Dale Rossellette is Vice President for Education at New Jersey Audubon. Find out about Cape May and the big spring birding festival at njaudubon.org. That's njaudubon.org. Good luck with the festival, uh, Dale, and thanks uh, so much for being on with us. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Well, you too. We hope we see a yellow-billed uh, 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 <laughs> cuckoo. <laughs> cuckoo somewhere around here pretty soon and I think we probably okay. we probably will if we pay attention coming okay. up here it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Michael Waddell, and I'm calling from Marshfield, Massachusetts. I like the format of Talking Birds because it's a mixture of information, both scientific and everyday. Ray feels so welcoming, and the show feels welcoming that it just feels like you have a friend in Birdland. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Our mystery bird contest is sponsored by Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Look for Audubon Park next time you're buying food for your backyard birds. If you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, we present it uh, Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. There is a way to enter our mystery bird contest and listen live, and that's just to go online and do it there. It's that it's that uh, interwebs thing you've probably heard about. Um, maybe the easiest way to do all that is just go to TalkinBirds.com and you'll follow the instructions that even Tim and I can understand. So, TalkinBirds.com. You can listen to our show live uh, wherever you are. And for our podcast, you can look for Talking Birds in iTunes or Google Play and uh, on probably your favorite podcasting app. On to the Mystery Bird Contest. That would be the sound of our Mystery Bird. You'd pretty much have to be in South Texas to see our Mystery Bird it's a large, conspicuous, and noisy fellow found near large bodies of water, usually in heavily wooded areas, where it hunts from high perches, ready to plunge headfirst into the water to capture fish. The color of our bird ranges from deep blue to bluish gray with white markings, a shaggy crest, a broad white collar around the neck, and a rust-colored belly. Why do we have some uh, nice prizes here in our mystery bird contest lately? Including today, we have the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder. 
one uh, copied all around the world but never quite duplicated, featuring durable metal parts that squirrels can't chew. That's kind of a big thing. And it's backed by a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Yeah. Also today on our prize list from Audubon Park, a full case of Audubon Park Peanut Delight Suet. That's pretty good. And a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. So those are our prizes, and you heard the sound of the mystery bird and some clues. So the next step would be to give us a call and tell us what that mystery bird is or take a guess. As we always say, because it's it's true, it, if no one gets the correct answer, we'll do a little drawing. So you may have the not-quite-correct answer and still be our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. That would be 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, what about this robin trying to get into somebody's house? We'll find out what it's about with our own Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Here's an idea for the next time you're shopping for wild bird food. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. That's because Audubon Park wild bird seed is the finest kind, with more than a dozen selections to choose from, including the popular fruit and nut, songbird and cardinal, and no-waste patio blends. Audubon Park wild bird food is made right here in the USA. Get some for your backyard birds today. For more information, visit audubonpark.com. That's audubonpark.com. Now a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Want some tips on backyard birding? Birdwatching Magazine has published a handy booklet that's yours to download for free. The 16-page guide includes practical field-tested answers to your most important questions about the birds in your backyard, from food to birdhouses, from those cute hummingbirds to those troublemaking birds. Go to birdwatchingdaily.com to get your backyard Q&A booklet. Time to check in with another Cape that's a pretty great spot for looking at birds. That would be Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and that's where the Birdwatchers General Store is located there in the town of Orleans on Route 6A. And I believe Mike O'Connor is down there somewhere right now. Good morning, Mike. Somewhere, somewhere down here. Not very specific. No, you want to keep a little privacy there. We don't say where exactly the Birdwatchers General Store is located. Oh, geez, I don't want people showing up there. No, no, we don't. We don't want that. I'll <laughs> disturb my peace and quiet. We can all come on down. Mike, you are famous not only for your radio work but also for your writing and your very popular uh, bird books and your column, "Ask the Bird Folks." And we'll tell people how to find that column in a moment. But I thought we'd just mention this note here that you received. Um, it says, hello, bird people. Is that how you're normally uh, addressed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how the public addresses us. I yeah. see. Okay, bird people. So <laughs> this says, over the past few weeks, a robin has been trying to get into my house. He tries windows and doors to see if they're open. I tried telling him I don't have any worms in here. But his response was to fly off and return with what looked to be nesting material in his beak. There are seven birdhouses in my yard, and my suspicions are, given the lousy weather, this robin would rather move in here, where it's dry and warm. But my wife won't let me open the door for him. I think the bird knows this, so he has been admiring himself in the mirrors of her car and pooping all over the doors. The bird leaves my two cars alone. Well, that's interesting. Should I let this robin into the house? He says, then he says, just kidding. 
Is he trying to rob me? Kidding again. But I do think he's a bit confused. That's Todd from Brewster, uh, Massachusetts. Is the Robin confused or is Todd confused here? Uh, <laughs> oh, the Robin trying to rob him. I like that little joke you put. Yeah, and, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we got a. That's a common problem this time of year. Like you talked about, birds accidentally hitting windows, which is a huge problem. But in this case, they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. And in the spring, they the robins, cardinals, mockingbirds are the most common. But a lot of birds do it. They see the reflection. They're very territorial. They want to drive the other bird out of their uh, territory, which of course is their reflection. And it's a. It's kind of a big problem. Um, the solutions to that are, uh, and a lot of people think, I get a lot of questions like this because they think it's, um, you know, their aunt was named Robin, she's coming back, or, <laughs> you know, some relative's favorite bird was a cardinal, and, you know, that, you know, all the story goes with that. But basically, it's uh, the bird just trying to drive the other bird out of its territory, and your options are to just to live with it, which a lot of people don't want to do. But it's a reflection thing, so you really can't put, like, a, uh, something scary, you know, or a distraction that doesn't always work. So you actually have to stop the reflection. Some people will just uh, just temporarily cover up the window with plastic, mm-hmm. you know, like a drop cloth, cloth plastic. It doesn't mean the birds won't go so- to another window, but if it's a uh, bedroom window and they're waking you up in the morning, that might be a best alternative. Um, some people, I've, I've been to yards where people will take old uh, mirrors, big big full-length mirrors, and they put them up just to, near the window, and the birds spend the time, you know, working over the window, uh, the mirror, and they leave the windows alone. And then the other thing I, I've been wanting to try, I talk about this a lot, but this scare tape, this holographic scare tape that you use to keep the woodpeckers away and birds, certain birds away from uh, nesting, you know, like in, in your over, overhangs and stuff, I would try that, uh, tack that to a window if they're coming. Uh, you, you know, just put up a little bit of tape and let it blow around. That may work for that particular window, too, though I haven't tested that. That's just one of my going theories. All right. Test that theory. Next time we'll find out why the bird doesn't like to go after uh, Todd's car. Only his wife's car, apparently. Yeah, well, there's something going on there. We're going to have to look into that. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, Ask the Bird Folks is Mike's uh, column. uh, And you can find it on Mike's uh, website. Am I right, Mike? Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com? Right, yeah, that's right. We have a website, uh, like you said, and then there's the Ask the Bird Folks link. Go to that, and there's, like, I don't know, a couple decades of old columns. So someday, if you don't have much to do, check those out. And don't forget to click the button that says Links to Other Bird Stores. (laughs) Yeah, 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 do that. That'll be an interesting one. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week, Mike. Thanks, Ray. All right, back to the Mystery Bird Contest. We're trying to identify this mystery bird right here. Um... Pretty much have to be in South Texas to see it. A large, conspicuous, noisy fellow found near large bodies of water, hunting from high perches and plunging into the water to catch fish. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And uh, Jane is somewhere in the great state of California. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Whereabouts in California? That's a pretty big place. (laughs) <laughs> it's Southern <laughs> California, actually. I'm in the San Gabriel Mountains, uh, a little community called Brightwood. That sounds awfully beautiful. What about our mystery bird, Jane? What do you think? Well, you know, you said blue, and that was a little yeah. bit confusing, but uh, I presume in Texas it's probably a green kingfisher. A green kingfisher. Tim is giving one of those, uh, yeah, oh. it was like top quality guess kind of a kind of a look there. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll try again another time. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you, Jane. All right. Jane, uh, with a guess for a green kingfisher, you can tell that we're zeroing in on this. Are we going maybe to uh, uh, Matt in Underhill, Vermont? We're pretty close to being out of time here. Uh, so we'll go to Matt up there in Vermont in Underhill. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Ray. Underhill is, uh, let's see, located right near what? Uh, located near Burlington, kind of out near the mountains. Near the mountains. All right, a very mountainous mystery bird contest going on here, but we're talking about a, not a mountainous uh, bird particularly, but what uh, what is our mystery bird? Uh, I think it's the ringed kingfisher. The ringed kingfisher. Yes, indeed. Ringed kingfisher was close to no cigar. Ringed kingfisher. Absolutely right. Matt, uh, congratulations. Stay on the line, and we'll get your address and send you all that nice stuff. Thank you very much, Ray. Love the show. Thank you. Matt in Underhill, Vermont, correctly identifying the ringed kingfisher. That is our show for today. Don't forget, May 27th, we'll be broadcasting live from the L.L. Bean Main Audubon Birding Festival at the L.L. Bean flagship store up there in Freeport, Maine. Please come and join us. That's May 27th on the Memorial Day weekend. Thanks to Mark Duffield and Debbie Bleacher and our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com.